Okay, here we are halfway through the NFL season and it feels like only yesterday it started, yet there is so much more to go and we are here for it all. And normally at the start of the show, I've got a uh, couple of quips for my fellow co-hosts, but frankly, I'm just surprised Smithy's here, whose team lost. He lost his lock. He lost in fantasy. We'll get to that in a second. And frankly, our man's on the edge and I'm worried about him. How are you, mate? You okay? I am hanging on by the skin of my teeth, my friend. Mm. Um I think I think it's a brave performance to front up tonight, and um, I'm ready for a barrage of shit from you too. So uh, bring it on. This is a man that is not used to going poorly in 2021, if that's the attitude that we've got. But he's lost two locks in a row, our man, and I feel like the cliff face is coming. TD is here, and uh, his mob lost to the Broncos, so that's just about where he's at. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm actually right. There's so many different things um, in football. Uh, these days, fantasy tipping locks where you're going to get a couple of things right. So if one thing doesn't go your way, something will. And, you know, a couple of things did this week for me. That is a man whose team is six and two and very comfortable in leading their division. That's that is a man that needs better opposition. I think uh, I'm here and normally uh, this is the quip where I have a, uh, a bit of a dig at myself, but my team won. I won in fantasy. I'm the only one that won my lock this week. I'm fine. This is week of the Daz Chinese Zodiac style. So I'm going to run with it. Now, normally we go biggest thing that we learned in week nine, but considering we are halfway through the season, we are going to do something that Smithy holds dear to his heart, and that is the NFL stock market. We are going to be buying, holding, and selling a franchise each, but we're going to run through it really quickly. It's not going to be too in-depth analysis. It's straight off the top of our heads. We'll start with buy. Smithy, who's impressed you so much in the first half that you're going to be picking up some extra stock? Tennessee Titans, mate. Um, after the win against the Rams, which we're going to touch on, they've beaten some really good opponents and their defense is actually stepping up, stepping up, which I never thought I would say. Yeah, absolutely. TD, who's impressed you, mate? Who are you buying? I'm going to buy the Cardinals. I wasn't too high on them um, coming into the season and even probably halfway through the season, I wasn't very high on them, but they had a really good win this week with um, backup quarterback and missing DeAndre Hopkins and they really impressed me. So I'm buying Cardinals, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to buy the Ravens. They've been through a lot already this season and a six and two. So I feel like they're only going to get bigger and better. And frankly, anytime I can stick it up Lamar haters, I will happily do so. So I will buy the Ravens. Now we're going to get to the hold. I'll go reverse order this time. TD, who is a franchise you're still not sold on yet either way? For me, it's the Browns. Um, I'm going to hold on them. They obviously had a really good win this week. Um, but they have been shaky so far. I just think they're a very fundamental team. They've got good fundamentals, good offensive line, um, you know, a good running game. So, you know, I, th- I think I can trust a team like the Browns a little bit more than I can trust a talented team at the moment. Bang, there you go. The old Parkinson's Browns are a bit shaky. Smithy, now we're holding the exact same squad because, frankly, we've had it up to about here. So yep. I'm going to let you expose this team and why, but I'm going to agree with everything you're about to say because, frankly, I'm on the edge when it comes to this mob. Take it away. I've had an absolute gutful of the New Orleans Saints. Yep, 100%. And it's, and it's not because they're really good. It's not because they're really bad. It's because they're smack bang in the fucking middle. <laughs> they win the games that they shouldn't and they lose the games that they shouldn't. And it pisses me off. I reckon I'm about... Two and seven on New Orleans games this year. And they're quite frankly doing my head in. So I'm just going to hold. I don't want a bar of them either way. Yeah, I'm with you as well, the Saints. I mean, the people have put up with a lot and we're never going to compare our situations because we're here in Australia. But goodness me, can we get a grip on what the hell they are, please? That would be great. 
Let's move on to the cell. We get to dig our boots in, which is something I'm looking forward to. Smithy, you can have first crack at this, mate. Who are you going? Thanks, but absolutely no thanks. Your bloody mob, Daz, the Miami yeah, Dolphins. Fair. I <laughs> yeah. am sick of them. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I was really high on them in the preseason. Uh, <clears throat> we actually checked in on my season-long record projections at the halfway mark uh, on a different episode, so make sure you check that out. But uh, as you'll see, I was a bit higher on the Dolphins, and they have absolutely slapped me in the face. So uh, I'm not not having it. Yep. Spoiler alert for the uh, Dolphins projections, which will be coming out after our week 10 preview. But if we win eight of our last eight, Smithy will look like a genius. So uh, you know what? It's As long as it's mathematically possible, I'm going to have some optimism. TD, who are you ready to uh, walk the plank, mate? Who are you absolutely sick of apart from me? <laughs> I'm selling the Kansas City Chiefs. Um I, Boy, where's <laughs> that come from? I've just—I did not see that coming. Um, you know, we kind of hold them up on on such a high pedestal because of what they have been, um, but that they're not that anymore. And we keep waiting for that breakout game, and it's not coming. And I thought this week was going to be the week, and they probably were lucky to win. Um, now I've got no doubt they probably make the playoffs, but there's no way I can trust them with that defense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm selling the Kansas City Chiefs. That's rattled me, Smithy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, um, what are we doing? What's the next segment? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I had, you know, kind of a prepared statement about how you're on the island and need to get off because I'm selling Washington because their defense has gone from one of the best to one of the worst. But uh, I don't really know where to go from here. I reckon we get stuck straight into the uh, the fantasy recap. Now, we had an in-house Teddies and Threes fantasy matchup this week between TD and Smithy. And I'll uh, I'll start with the winner. So TD, take it away. How did you go against Smithy's mob? And who was your hero? And who was your villain? Yeah, I won. It was a it was probably one of the ugliest fantasy games of all time. To be honest, um, there wasn't much going on. I think you know coming into the the week, the Raiders had three active wide receivers. I think they activated a little more. But I had um, Zay Jones and Smithy had Brian Edwards, and combined they really did fuck all. Um, so I'll just that that leads into my villain, I guess. Zay Jones, he got me three. That was the villain. Obviously, I beat Smithy. And um, the hero for me was Trevor Simeon, who outscored uh Josh Allen by five points this week, which is just insane. And I also love that Zay's uh, new nickname is now Fuck All. He'll love that. Zay Fuck All Jones, that'll suit him beautifully. Smithy, I feel like this is going to be short and sweet from you, mate, because it's been a horror week for you. But who was your hero and who can really go and get stuff? Yeah, I hate fantasy. Um, <laughs> my hero is was probably Justin Fields today. Um, he, he scored a very handy 22. Um, couldn't quite get me over three figures, but that's a story for another day. And uh, the rest of the eight that I played can be villains, I think. <laughs> Bang, there you go. Uh, I got a win I did not deserve. My opponent coming into this week had a projected of 164 and scored 120. So I will take a win as it comes. Smithy and I have the same record in fantasy, and one of us is way more optimistic than the other. Uh, My hero, I hate to be arrogant, but I'm going to say me. I traded Calvin Ridley for James Connor, and I think I also put Daryl Williams in that trade as well. So on paper, probably one of the worst fantasy trades of all time, and I know that because everyone in the league told me it was. And then two days later, <laughs> Calvin Ridley took a gap from the game. James Connor scored 39.3. So on behalf of me, me and me, towards everyone in our fantasy league, 
get fucked. I'm <laughs> concerned. And my villain, as much as it would be easy to say Tua because he missed, Jarvis Landry scored 3.1, and I had Elijah Moore with 27 on the bench and Christian Kirk, who scored about 20 as well. So happy to get the win. Four and five. I've won two in a row. Watch out. Dazzling's coming. But I am humbled and brought back down to earth when it comes to our rookie watch. Smithy, my man, Jamar, finally had a quiet game. How did your boy, the Penguin, and how did TD's man, Devontae Smith, go? Yeah, TD's man uh, actually took the three votes this week. Devonta Smith, piece. he had a big big game against the Chargers. Uh, six for 115 and a touchdown. Hang on. Hang on. Stop. Did you just dab? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thank God this isn't a oh, visual Smithy. medium. No, you're Smithy Dab. <laughs> no, TD. <laughs> Do not lie to our listeners. Did you just dab? Might have dabbed. Oh, well, I might have sneezed. God. I was on mute. I might have sneezed. <laughs> he's had a stroke is what he's had. This is extraordinary. I want to go back to the stock market. I'm selling TD stock. After that. That's, <laughs> just, that's the Yeah. This has been one of the more extraordinary starts from our man. But um, two votes was the Penguin, and he had a really good game, which actually shits me because he had eight catches for 89 yards and still couldn't get the three votes. So I feel bad for the bloke. Uh, Jamar Chase had 14 targets, but only had six catches for 49 yards. So couldn't quite get it done this week. Uh, pretty sure Jamar is still taking the piss in the overall leaderboard, though. Yeah, he definitely is. He's on 23 votes. The Penguin is second with 16, and Devontae Smith is 15. So a comfortable lead for Jamar TD celebrating a man coming last. That's interesting. Sure, we're we'll on the podium. We're on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You don't tell people you come last. You just say you came third. You'll be fine. Let's get into Smithy certs now. You struggled to touch last week, my friend. Uh, you did improve this week, but I'm not sure it was worth a lobster. Yeah, it got a tad better this week. Uh, two and three. Uh, the early window really hurt me. I took the Raiders at minus two and a half. I ended up losing to the Giants uh, so they can bugger off. And I took the Bengals minus two and a half against the Browns and they laid a huge egg. So no good. Uh, in the late window, I had never relied on the letter C so much in my life because I had the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Cardinals, uh, and two of those covered for me. So the Chargers at minus two and a half and the Cardinals at minus one, which is a great look right now. The Chiefs couldn't quite get to minus seven and a half and cover, but two out of three. The good thing is when I suck, Colin sucks as well. So I've still got a, a decent lead. It, yes. So our man Smithy is currently sitting at 51.6%, which is, I mean, if you're over 50%, that's a win when it comes to the NFL. Colin is under 40%, and in his Colin right, Colin wrong segment today, said, look, I'm below 40%, and that sucks, but my college picks are good. Yeah, that's not what you do a segment on, pal. That's not really the point we're running with here. Below 40%, extraordinary. But our man is genuinely dominating. That's enough from us. Let's get into the actual games. We begin with the early game as Smithy flexes and TDs dabbed. What fucking shit are we dealing with here? Goodness me. Let's start with the Colts and the Jets. Smithy, this was your game, a high-scoring game, this one, 45-30 to 30 victory for the Colts. But it does ask the question, does a shootout make a good game of football? I think it can. Um, we saw an absolute beauty of a shootout earlier in the year between the Chargers and the Browns. Uh, if anyone argues to me that that was a bad game, I would really like to hear their explanation behind it. But this was a bad side of a shootout because it was just really bad to watch. Really bad game to watch. Um, 
I did say coming in that I was worried about the Jets' defense. They ranked bottom five in both points allowed and yards allowed. And guess what they did in this one? They allowed 45 points and 532 total yards, which is the most the Colts have had in a game since week 13, 2004. Wow. So it's been 17 years since they put up more than 532 yards, which just goes to show how bad the Jets are on defense. Um, they brought in Robert Salah, head coach, who was the defensive coordinator for San Francisco to get a good, solid defensive scheme up and running, and they've been unable to do that so far. The Jets lost my man, Mike White, early. Um, hurt to see. It was really shattering for him, but apparently injury's not too bad. But their third stringer, Josh Johnson, who has bounced around the NFL like you would never believe. He's been on about 12 different teams. Um, he got his chance, and he had 317 passing yards and three touchdowns. Now, without Dazzling biting my head off, because when I brought up a genuine question about Justin Herbert, he flipped his lid at me, and he's still going on about it. So, without Daz biting my head off, <clears throat> do Jets fans have any cause for concern considering their second and third string quarterbacks have had significantly more success in a single game than Zach Wilson has all year. Start with you, TD. Yeah, it, it is a little concerning. Um, and it's not a great look for Zach Wilson. I know Mike White and Josh Johnson have been, they've been in the league a little bit longer, obviously. Obviously, Josh Johnson, he's been there forever. Um, they've Yeah, they've been in the league longer, but they've never really had the hype Zach Wilson has. Um, and so, so, yeah, it's not a great look. It's not the end of the world. I guess Zach Wilson will get better. Uh, but yeah, it's not a great look, as I said about six times. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the optics are uh, are worse than the actual situation. He'll get better. I mean, look, I'm a Dolphins fan. I know what it's like for fan bases to turn on a quarterback really quickly. So, I think Zach Wilson just needs more time. I think they'd be more worried about uh, if he got injured more rather than the performances of his backup. So, I don't think it's a huge problem yet, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of it becoming a bigger one the longer that the uh, the longer that Mike White and Josh Johnson play. So I feel like that kind of sits on the fence a little bit, Smithy, but I'll back in Zach Wilson if that answers your question. Yeah, I'm sort of leaning the same as you, Dazzling. I think that um, Zach Wilson has a lot more potential than either of them, um, but they've just been put in better positions to put up yards, I guess, and put up numbers. So as you said, it looks a bit worse than what it is in my opinion, but... Um, yeah, ugly start to the week. Yeah, it definitely was. Let's move on to the Browns and the Bengals. And this was an ugly week, but for only one side, and that is the Bengals, as the Browns ran away with a 41-16 win on the back of fantastic defense. Uh, I hope we don't spend too much time talking about OBJ because I'd rather talk about the team that actually won the Browns the game, but inevitably, inevitably it is going to come up. But, TD, I ask you, you can speak for all of us, mate. Can we tell the Bengals to get fucked here? Because this isn't okay, especially for Smithy, who picked them for these lock. Yeah, I will. And I um, I said it to you boys in, in the text last week, and you were kind of shocked. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't think you can bounce back from a loss like that to the Jets. Um, it's one thing losing to the Jets, and it's another thing having, you know, a two-score lead late in the game and giving it up like that. Um, they've gone from first to last in the AFC North in the space of two weeks. They were first two weeks ago. Now they're sitting last. Um, their first two drives were a combined 20 plays for 150 yards. 
The first one ended with a 100-yard pick six uh, from Denzel Ward. Great play from him. Um, and the second one ended with a mix and touchdown. So they were able to get back on track after, you know, the worst possible start, make it 7-7. And it kind of, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, okay, well, we're back. The worst thing happened at the start, but now the game's tied and it's back on. Um, they just had no rhythm after that. They had turnovers, uh, plenty of punts. They didn't have a touchdown again until the fourth quarter. And by that point, they were down 34 to 10. Um, you know, they might be relying too much on Jamar Chase at the moment. Sometimes it's just thrown in his direction when there's nothing else on. Uh, and the last two games, he's had nine catches on 22 targets and uh, three interceptions while um, well, Joe Burrow's thrown three interceptions while targeting him as well in um, the last two games. For Cleveland, they bounced back big time. Uh, they dominated this game. And as um, Dad said, I won't spend too much time on it, but, you know, the distraction with OBJ, it, this game probably could have gone one or two ways. It could have affected this team or they, they could have bounced back, and that's what they did. Um, you know, they were dominant. They were efficient passing. They were really efficient running the ball. It was a really complete game. They averaged 7.8 yards per play, which is really good. I thought Chubb was incredible. Um, you take away his 70-yard rushing touchdown, and he still averaged over five yards per carry, which is unbelievable. Um, it, it was probably their best all-round performance of the season and one of the worst for Cincinnati. The Browns, they're getting a little healthier, and they could have a big second half in the season, um, especially with a good offensive line and a coach like Stefanski. They're in a good shot to make a play at the division. The Bengals, they kind of had a chance to separate from the pack the last two weeks. Um, and not only have they come back to the pack a little bit, they've fallen behind a little bit as well. So that's not great for them. Yeah, are we concerned about Joe Burrow a little bit, Smithy? He's now leading the league for interceptions and the Bengals have come back to the pack in the last two weeks. I know we were on them, but do you think we jump off now or we ride it out? No, I think you just have to ride it out. Um, they're a young team and a characteristic of young teams is uh, going through form slumps and then bouncing back. Um, they looked really good. As TD mentioned in the first two drives, I thought if that first drive ends in a touchdown, this game could go a different way because they looked dominant on offense early. Um, maybe the pick six put Joe Burrow off a little bit. I don't know. Um, he's got the arm talent. We know that. So... Uh, he's still young. He'll make mistakes. So I'm, I'm happy to write it out. Yeah, beautiful. I like that. Now, when your team has lost seven in a row, it doesn't matter who you win. Normally, it's cause for celebration. Um, but a 17-9 to win against the Texans with Jacoby Brissett on board is, I mean, fine. I'm more than happy. But, Smithy, we need to talk about Ty God because he became, oh, my God, because he could have thrown that ball anywhere. He could have thrown it to us in Australia if he wanted to, but he thought, no, Jerome Baker looks a bit bored. Let's throw it to him. What the hell? Oh boy. <laughs> this is arguably the dumbest interception I've ever seen in my life. I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, but I did call Tyrod Taylor, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. And I think he was just channeling his Mahomes with the interceptions. Um, <laughs> I think he was living up to the yeah, nickname. So Patrick, uh, no, nice little drive-by for Patrick there. But uh, I think the anger that that drive-by came from was originated from watching this game because it was just an ugly game to watch. Um, it was two bad teams showcasing just how bad they are, really. Um, there was nine total turnovers in this game. Yeah. There were five interceptions, three from Tyrod Taylor and two from Jacoby Brissett. 
and four lost fumbles, one from the Houston side of the ball and three from Miami. So uh, it was pretty much a who can suck worse and Houston ended up winning that battle. Uh, I don't want to take anything out of this game, really. Um, That's good. It's... one of those things, both teams are bad. One had to win and it ended up being Miami. Um, I have a little bit more confidence in Miami with Tua uh, at quarterback because Joby, Jacoby Brissett is not it. So that's probably my one takeaway. Other than that, yuck. Yeah, definitely. But I do want to give a little bit of love to Mike Gesicki if I can. Uh, 2,000 career receiving yards, took a splendid one-handed catch, made some big plays. So... Uh, he was probably the only one on the field that uh, walked away with probably a better reputation than they had when they walked on the field. TD, I won't get you to talk about this one too much, but if the Texans can't win a game like that with the Dolphins playing so badly, it's hard to see them uh, winning another game for the year. Is that fair or an overreaction? It's probably fair, and it's disappointing for a team that looked really good in week one. I know we're all shocked uh, the way they won in week one. Um, kind of, I don't know if it changed you guys' opinions. It didn't change mine too much, but I thought, oh, okay, yeah, they might be a little um, fun this season. But, yeah, that's worn off a little bit, I think. Um, you know, the Dolphins had a poor run game in this one, still won the game. And I think the Texans have a well, – obviously, they have a real issue at quarterback. You know, the, the, the quarterback of the future isn't on that roster right now. And where do they look for one? Because it's not a great draft class for quarterbacks this year and free agents. I don't think are going to want to go to Houston at the moment. So they're in a tough spot. Yeah, they definitely are interesting to see how that one plays out. Now, TD, your Cowboys went down 30 to 16 against the Broncos. And it's fair to say that scoreboard flattered you because for the first three quarters, uh, it looked like a college team at times. I hate to bring that up and I'm not saying it to dig the boots in because you are generally one of the more humble Cowboys fans on the internet. So I do have to praise you for that. But uh, this question needs to be asked, and more importantly, it needs to be answered. Um, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I, I could sit here for forever and, and say how shocked I am or how disappointed in the result I was. But the Cowboys just got dominated by Denver. Um, and the score, as you said, doesn't show it. They The Cowboys scored two late touchdowns, uh, but they were down 30-0 to zero late in the fourth quarter. I thought Denver played great. They played really good on both sides of the ball. And, and that was probably, you know, it was a result that shocked me probably the most out of any this, this year. I just didn't expect this coming from Denver at all. Um, and before back-to-back late touchdown drives by Dallas, Denver led total yards gained 398 to 130. So they had more than triple um, the Cowboys yards, which is, it's incredible uh, and unbelievable. There's no way anyone would have predicted that. Um, you know, if you told me, you pick the Broncos in an upset. You could understand that. You could you could say, oh yeah, fair enough. But there's no way anyone saw this coming. Um, and they just controlled the clock. They did it really well. They had 41 minutes time of possession, which is probably the way to beat Dallas. And it's probably the way to beat anyone really. If you keep offenses on the bench, especially good ones like Dallas, it forces them to need to make plays instead of. Um, just kind of being out of there on offense and the plays will come. But in this game, they needed to make plays and they couldn't do it. They ran the ball really well, 191 yards combined between Gordon and Williams. Their defense was great. Uh, They forced two turnovers. They held Dallas to 16 points, which was their lowest of the season. And they made big stops on third and fourth down early and it kind of set the tone for the game. The Cowboys, they had a bad day all round. It was their worst performance on offense and 
probably on defense too. Um, hopefully they go about this the right way and, and they learn from it and they can sit back and go, okay, well, we're not as good as we think we are. Um, we can, you know, change some things. You know, they've got the Falcons next week. So it's another game like this where they probably should win. They're the better team on paper. So I'm really interested to see how they bounce back in that. I do love their aggressiveness to go for it on fourth down a lot. Um, but, you know, if, if the first one doesn't work, probably don't go for it again. They went for it on fourth and short. The first one was fourth and very short, and they didn't get it. And the second one was fourth and four or fourth and six or something like that. Probably take the field goal there. It probably wouldn't have changed much in this game, uh, but it's something they could probably learn from, and I think we'll see them go for it on fourth down less. They had the blocked punt to start the second half, and it, I think that really would have shifted momentum in this game, and it would have given them a red zone opportunity, only down two scores. A shit rule, really, I'm going to call it that, gave the ball to Denver. It's one of the worst rules in football, um, and we'll probably get to that another time or maybe not, but I'm not going to touch on that. But the Cowboys players probably should know that rule. They're professionals, and they know if, if that ball gets touched and it goes over the line of scrimmage, it's, it's anyone's ball. And, you know, they made a mistake. You know, it's it's hard to cop, but the, the Cowboys are that far ahead in the division that it's you know it's not the end of the world, and it it doesn't hurt as much as a, a loss like this would in the past. Um, and it took me a while to buy into this Cowboys team being good, so I'm not just going to throw it away after one loss. That was about four, three minutes and 50 seconds of a very cathartic and humbling experience ended with a piece of arrogance that borders anything Smithy has said this season. That That is a man that is just way too comfortable with the level of opposition he's got in his own division. That's where we're at. Now, Smithy, your relationship with Denver, it is fair to say, is a toxic one. Are you? Do you give them some credit for their performance here or do you find anger in your heart for the fact that they haven't been able to pull off this kind of performance against lesser teams than Dallas? I actually said in the preview that this Denver defense matches up beautifully against the Dallas Cowboys in terms of their pass defense and their strength at cornerback. So while I thought they could have kept it close, which I think I did mention in the show, I did not see them being 30 to zero up in the fourth quarter, (laughs) just a ridiculous performance. And I think week nine has got a few trends uh, and the trends are anomaly results. Mm. And I think this is going to be one of them. Yep, definitely. All right, let's move on. And uh, just quickly, sorry, Smithy touched on week nine, just being, you know, everywhere, listening to the around the NFL podcast earlier, Mark Sessler said something that was, you know, really relatable. He said week nine was kind of like LSD soup. You, you don't know what's going on. So <laughs> I thought that I thought that made a little bit of sense to me. Oh boy. There you go. All righty. Um, if you're a listening, man just adds to his mixed bag tonight. If we're uh, if you're listening to us for the first time and you're wondering what the actual fuck is going on, if it makes you feel any better, we don't know either. But stick around. It's a fun ride. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but the sport we do, and it's fantastic. Let's move on to the Saints and the Falcons, and it's a game like this that just made Smithy and I pull our hair out and hold on the Saints because all the Falcons, you can hold on both. They both shit me. 27 to 25 was the end result, and Smithy, Atlanta are now 4-4, four and four, and that's just where they are. They're an eh franchise. They've had three games go to the final play. What are they? What the hell is going on? I have no bloody idea. All mate. right. And um, moving on, TD. What are you, no, yeah. 
Both of these teams do my head in. Um, <laughs> this is a migraine in a football game. <laughs> oh, it's, it just hurts your head looking at the the title, Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans Saints. I instantly get a headache. But um, Matt Ryan did have his best game of the year. I will say that. He made some really big throws down the field, uh, especially the late one to Cordero Patterson. That set up the game-winning field goal. I thought that was a beautiful ball. Uh, he made a few really nice passes downfield to Kyle Pitts as well. Uh, so he played a really good game against a division opponent, which was good to see. The New Orleans Saints run defense. Now, a lot of things about New Orleans confuse me. A lot of things about New Orleans frustrate me. Mm-hmm. And they're hard to read. But the one thing that's consistent with them is their run defense is incredible. Mm-hmm. They allowed only 34 yards on 25 rushing attempts. That's 1.36 yards per carry over the course of an entire game. Those numbers are just ridiculous. And the fact that the Falcons could get some really good offense going when there was literally no run game whatsoever, I think is a feather in their cap in terms of this victory. Um, This was a good game to watch. But like I said before, I don't bloody know what to do with either of these teams. I don't know if Atlanta are going to come out next week and carry on and have a good win or whether they're going to shit the bed again. And it's the same way with New Orleans. I don't know if they're going to bounce back from this and Trevor Simeon's going to have a 400-yard, five-touchdown game or they're going to implode. It's hard to tell. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to take – I'm going to spoil it. I will be taking neither of their games in week 10 because I have the privilege of picking my games and I don't want to borrow them. (laughs) Smithy's done. Now, TD, I saw on Twitter today and I know that I'm not fantastic with my Twitter sources. So if this is full of shit, someone please let me know because my ability to fact check while working full time may not be at its best, but Matt Ryan for the first three quarters and eight minutes is the 21st rated quarterback for QBR. In the last five and a half minutes of the fourth quarter for the season, he is equal third. So is this just an old man just deciding to play well at the end or does he need more pressure to perform? What do you put that down to? Yeah, that, that's a, a weird stat and kind of, um, you know, middle finger to me again with Matt Ryan because I said the Falcons should move on from him and they've done nothing but play well since. Um, but yeah, I think their offense is really you know, it's good and they're in a really tough spot because they're obviously not going to contend this year. They'll probably, um, you know, be fighting for a playoff spot at the end. I don't expect them to make it, but they'll probably be within a couple of games. And Matt Ryan, you know, as much as I said, he should move on. He is coming towards the end of his career and the offense is looking good. So, you know, if he does leave at the end of the year or retires or anything like that, they're going to have to start again. I did think... You know, they dominated this game and the Saints, I think, scored uh, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or something like that to get back into this game. Um, So the Falcons nearly blew another lead there, but they hung on and and they got the win. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely did. Let's move on to the Vikings and the Ravens. And I said it in the preview, could not believe this game slipped to me. The Ravens, they got up for me in the lock. 34 to 31, they decided to do it the hard way. If you looked at the stats, uh, you would say that this would have been a blowout. So, TD, I ask you, uh, did Baltimore limp over the line here or did the Vikings just keep it close by taking their chances? Because if you looked at the um, 
the well, the advanced stats there, any single metric said that this should have been an absolute blowout. How did the Vikings get so close? Yeah, well, just firstly, me and Smithy had a nice laugh uh, Monday morning when the Ravens were down by a couple of scores and we thought, oh, Daz <laughs> locked up the Ravens, didn't he? And we, we had a little giggle, but they did come yeah, back and they were able to win. The both of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the Vikings, I think they took their chances early on. They did lead by seven and a half time and they had that kickoff return touchdown to start the second half uh, and they just went to sleep after that. They played so poorly last week on offense and defense, I guess you could say, uh, but they looked really good this week until after that return touchdown. They only had three drives after or after the return touchdown. Two of those were punts and one of them was a touchdown on their final drive to send the game to overtime. They intercepted Lamar in over in overtime um, and then went three and out. And that was big because, you know, their defense has been on the field for majority of the final um, bits of that game and overtime. And they got the ball back and they went three and out and gave the ball straight back. And that was the last time they had the ball. Um, obviously, they gave up plenty of yards and points. Most of that was in the second half and overtime. Uh, that's a bit of a fundamental issue and a coaching issue, to be honest, right now. And I think Mike Zimmer's seat is very hot in Minnesota. Um, both teams averaged over five yards per carry. The Vikings rushed 21 less times, though, um, and they were leading for majority of the game, which is, is pretty shocking. But they couldn't um, get the run going in those drives in the fourth quarter penalties and poor first down execution cost them, I think. And Lamar deserves heaps of credit for this win. Um, according to the haters, this is a game he can't succeed in playing from behind um, and needing to throw the ball in. And he did well and made enough plays to get the win. The Vikings, I thought for the sake of their season really needed to hang on. They dropped to three and five. Now that's disappointing for them. Um, and I was a little higher on them than I think you two were this season. So it was disappointing for me because I kind of like this team. There's plenty of talent there, but um, they just can't seem to have a, a complete game. Um, and it's probably getting too late now to flip the season around. Uh, but it was a great win for the Ravens. Obviously, um, they're a well-coached team. And I think John Harbour is the coach of the year at the moment. Bang. There you go. Smithy, do you agree with the coach of the year call? You look stunned there. Yeah, I'd be looking uh, Cliff Kingsbury's way um, at this stage, but he's definitely in the running. Um, but yeah, I think the Cardinals have sort of shocked the world, and for them to be 8-1, and one, especially with the win they've just had, which we'll touch on soon, uh, he'd be my one seed. Bang, there you go. Let's move on. The Giants and the Raiders. The Giants got a, their third victory with a 23-16 win. And Smithy, it's an easy question here. We did worry if it was becoming too much for the Raiders and we thought they probably had one more win in them before the cliff comes. But do you think the cliff has arrived a week early and it all became too much for the Raiders here? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I knew for a fact it could have gone one of two ways, uh, but unfortunately, I guessed the wrong way. I thought they might have uh, come together for one more week and then it sort of all fell apart. But this was a pretty ugly game for Las Vegas. Uh, the Giants only had 110 passing yards, uh, which is just crazy to me. But uh, they did a great job on the ground offensively with 149 rushing yards. Devontae Booker ran the ball really well. And with no Saquon to get 150 yards uh, of rushing production is a massive plus, I think. Um, but this was the Xavier McKinney game. He was really well-touted safety prospect out of Alabama. 
uh, was taken by the Giants, but struggled with injury in his first year. But he just burst onto the scene in this one. He looked like a future all-pro safety. Um, he had two interceptions, including a pick six, which he took to the house. Uh, whether it's in coverage, run defense, uh, you know, man coverage, he looked really, really good. And I'm excited to see what he can do. I think the Giants have got a real winner there. Uh, Derek Carr struggled. And I think the weight on his shoulders was just a bit too much. Um, there's been so much pressure on the organization this year with all of the off-field dramas being the quarterback. He would have taken a lot of that on. And I think it all just became too much for the Raiders. And uh, unfortunately, they ended up falling to the Giants. But uh, New York did a good job. Any win they can get without Saquon Barkley and a few of their stars is a big tick, I think. Yeah, it is an absolute massive tick. TD, let's talk about your Raiders. They're kind of your second team, the team you got a soft spot for. Do you think they've fallen off the cliff or is it just a blip? Uh, I think this Raiders team, they're capable of slipping up in games like this against bad teams, um, especially on the road, and, and that's kind of what happened here. Uh, you know, I think their 5-2 and two record coming into this game was a little inflated. I don't think they are a team that's, that's um, good enough to be one of the top seeds in the AFC or, or maybe even a playoff team. They, they're going to be in the mix, I think, um, given the start of their season. But it was, you know, the Giants' defense in this game. Um, they had three takeaways, obviously. Smithy touched on that. But it, it was kind of the theme of this week. Bad defense is playing good. Good defense is playing bad. Um, good offense is playing bad. And bad offense is playing good. But, you know, I just can't believe the Giants won a game where Daniel Jones has 110 passing yards, like Smithy said, and Andy lost a fumble. So those kind of stats, I can't believe the Giants won a game, but well done to them. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it uh, it all becomes not hard to analyze, but almost hard to believe, especially if there are fans out there that don't catch every game the way that you fellas do. Might look at a, a, a box score or a stat sheet and go, how the hell have they done that? So you've both done that beautifully. Let's move on to the Chargers and the Eagles. And Fully Loaded was back in business. Uh, but with a 27 to 24 victory, TD, I ask you, is this Chargers defense going to cost them down the road this year? I think the defense is bringing them down a little bit, but when the offense is clicking, they're good enough to make up for it. Um, and they were clicking against the Eagles, I thought, or at least through the air. Um, Herbert was amazing. He had nine different pass catches, and it really helps when you can spread the load on offense. Uh, they had some big first downs on the ground, but other than that, the run game, you know, it, it wasn't effective at all. The issue here kind of is that we all knew Philly wanted to run the ball and that's what they did. And they had plenty of success doing it. They had 176 rushing yards, uh, which isn't great. And I just can't really see that getting fixed for the Chargers. Their pass defense in this game wasn't really tested. Hurts only threw the 17 passes, uh, but he did average over eight yards per pass, which isn't great. If you're only throwing 17 passes, you kind of want to limit that and having eight yards per pass is, is a pretty good stat for obviously only having 17 pass attempts. And it was one of his better games, to be honest. He wasn't helped out by the late stats or the, or the garbage time touchdowns. Um, there was some second half scoring in that game, but they were in it all the way. Um, and it kind of was a classic case of the last team to get the ball is going to win. Um, and the Chargers got it last, and they had a gutsy fourth down call from Staley, the coach, and it secured the win for them. And if they don't pick up that first down, the Eagles have a chance to win the game on the other side. So, um, you know, 
the Chargers have been ballsy all year coaching-wise and it got them the win this one. So well done to them. I thought the Eagles played well and they're probably a little better than I'd give them credit for. But the three and six record probably seems about right for them. And for the Chargers, I'm not sure how I feel about them at the moment. Um, their offense needs to stay hot for this team to be good. Uh, but this was a good win on the road. It definitely was a good win on the road. So, Smithy, um, a quick question for you, mate. Uh, can Justin Herbert play football? Oh, you can royally get fucked. That's, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was not the direction I was taking that conversation. Um, I just wanted to ask if you guys thought a second-year slump was possible after two bad performances and you've taken it mightily out of context. So, uh, bugger off, Daz. So he can play football. Interesting. Love that from Fully Loaded, my man. Let's move on to the Jags and the Bills. Speaking of things that don't make sense, the Bills opening drive, Smithy, they got into the red zone and you thought they're away. They didn't get back there for the entire game and lost nine to six to Jacksonville and everything that I've just said there still blows my mind and I've got it in front of me. So keep this short and sweet, mate. But what in the fuck was that? Yeah, week nine can just fuck off. Um, Josh Allen had his sixth worst fantasy game of all time and got outscored by Trevor Simeon by five, as we mentioned before. Um, The Bills offensive line played one of the worst games from a position group that I've ever seen in my life. It felt like every time red zone crossed to the Bills game, it was... Third and 20, second and 18, third and 25, whether that be from the offensive line giving up a sack or giving up a penalty, because uh, that's all it was. And it just put Josh Allen in the worst possible positions. And by no stretch of the imagination was he good. He was he played a bad game. Um, he played really poorly, but he also was not helped at all by his offensive line. They just put him in the worst positions ever. I wish I could pump up the tires of the Jags, but it's not even like they played great in this game. They scored nine points. Yes, their defense was good, but I go back to the Bills offensive line for that because it's hard to get anything going when you're constantly behind the sticks. So um, I will say uh, it was the Josh Allen Bowl uh, and it was the first time... Josh, uh, someone had sacked someone of the same name. So Josh Allen from the Jags got a sack on Josh Allen of the Bills, and that's the first time in NFL history it's happened. He also got an interception off him and recovered his fumble. So uh, the Jags, Josh Allen had himself a day, uh, and they managed to cause the upset of the year. And they were both drafted at pick seven. So there you go. More you and go. more things coming through. But Smithy, I do have a quick question for you before we do go through TD. And I mean this in all seriousness, but is Josh Allen going through a slump? Can he, can he still play football? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm out. <laughs> Smithy's on the edge. All right, TD, I'll ask you. Uh, Smithy touched on it, but how much credit do we give uh, the Jags here? They pressured Josh Allen on 39% of his throws, the most by any team on a single quarterback this year. And look, if you're going to have an ugly win, you may as well do it against a team that's leading their division. Yeah, you're right. And, and um, spoiler alert, I'll touch on the Jaguars defense a little later on. Uh, but to hold the Buffalo Bills to six points, no matter how you do it, it's an incredible job. 
Um, especially considering last week they came up against Seattle, who weren't really um, a good offense, I guess, with Geno Smith at quarterback, and they let them score 30. Um, so it's just unbelievable to see that the Buffalo Bills have only scored six points here. Um, and I think I said in the, in the preview, I give them no chance after what I saw that last week. And, you know, that sounds stupid now, but it, it, it kind of is an unbelievable result. Um, they won the turnover battle, which was definitely uh, the reason why they won this game. Yeah, it definitely was. Let's move on to the Packers and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs did what they had to do. They got a 13-7 to victory, another sort of ugly game, week nine. Uh, wasn't the most pleasant to watch, but we're still going to analyze it at, at the high quality that we know and love. Now, Jordan Love going into this game was going to be scrutinized TD, so give us the rundown. How did he go? Yeah, well, he wasn't good. Um, and and it's, there you go. That's high-quality analysis. Let's move on, Smithy. No, go on, Teddy. It's easy to sit here and, and kind of say that he was fine and he did what he could and, um, you know, all the things you say about someone who plays a game when they're not the starter. Uh, but he did struggle in this game. And it's not a great sign for the Packers' future, to be honest, um, assuming Rodgers is leaving at the end of the year, like we all expect. Um, it was a bad draft pick at the time. And, and if this is what he is, I, I expect him to get better. He's obviously going to get better. This is one of his first games that he's played. But, you know, it's going to be an awful pick if he can't turn into a good quarterback considering where they took him and who they had at quarterback at the time they took him. Kansas City uh, sent lots of pressure in this game. They blitzed on 54.3% of dropbacks and he just couldn't handle it. Um, they started 0 for 9 on third down the Packers. So that, that's a reason why they just struggled to score points in this game. They did score in the fourth quarter and, and kind of had a chance to get back into it, but uh, they just couldn't. The credit does go to the Chiefs' defense. They're a bad unit. We all know it. And as I said before, bad defense has played good this week. Um, so, yeah, they showed up for that. And it was probably the reason they won. They forced two turnovers uh, and giving that offense an extra couple of possessions is always going to help, uh, or has in the past at least. It wasn't so much in this game and not so much this season for the Chiefs, to be honest. And I keep expecting that breakout game as we touched on at the start of the, the podcast, and it's just not happening. Um, and I think if Aaron Rodgers plays this game, the Packers probably win. Uh, Mahomes had career low in passing yards in games that he finished. Um, obviously, didn't go off with an injury. I think it was 166 or something like that. Um, and a lot of attention is going to the, the Chiefs offense, who only managed 237 total yards. But I think the Packers' defense deserves plenty of credit here. They played great, um, and I think the only thing that let them down is they just couldn't come up with big plays. They they couldn't force a turnover, um, which hasn't been the hardest thing against the Chiefs this year, and they did only get the one sack. Um, I think for the Chiefs, their bye week can't come quick enough. I think this team needs a break, um, and I think they'll want to tweak a couple of things. And it's two weeks away. They've, they've got matches against the Raiders and then the Cowboys, so two tough uh, oppositions to my uh, teams, and they'll probably lose them by 30. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Packers impressed me uh, the most in this game. I said last week that I wasn't exactly sold on them, but I do feel a little better after this game about the Packers. It definitely is just jinxed his own curse. I think that opens up black holes in space today. It's broken my brain uh, late on a Tuesday night. Let's move on to Panthers. And, oh, actually, Smithy, I'll get your – uh, just a quick answer to this question. Did you learn anything about the Chiefs here? Because it just seemed like one of those games where they got the result and we move on to the next one. What do you think? 
Yep, learned absolutely nothing. Alrighty, um, let's move on to the Panthers and the Patriots. Smithy, I cannot wait for you to talk about this game because normally if you lose uh, 24 to 6, it's already ugly, but there's a fair statement that uh, you didn't just stumble in this game, mate. You might have tripped. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I'll get onto that a bit later. But at this rate, Dazzling, I think I would rather you under center in the black, blue, and white leading the offense because anything is an upgrade over Sam Darnold at the moment. I um, somehow appreciate that and feel for Sam Darnold at the same time here. Just <laughs> imagine Dazzling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, absolutely. Could, yeah, Andy step- Dalton can get three yards. Oh, yeah. mate, king of three yards over here. <laughs> I can I can just see a ten step drop back for a one yard dump off. It's going to be elite. But <laughs> um, inches more like it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. Anyway, you, you need to stop talking to my missus, TD. I'm getting sick of this. <laughs> Smithy, let's move on. <laughs> it was another absolute shit show, a bit like this shit show that's going on at the moment. <laughs> but uh, it was an absolute shit show from our offense and Sam Darnold, more specifically, who threw three inceptions, including an absolutely egregious pick six where. He grossly overthrew the receiver and it landed right in the hands of JC Jackson. Look, if JC Jackson was in a Panthers uniform, it would have been a great pass. It would have been but, an absolute um, dime. <laughs> it would have been an absolute beauty, but uh, unfortunately that wasn't the case. I feel really sorry for our defense. Uh, I say it week in and week out, but uh, Stefan Gilmore had another interception on just a great defensive play. Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, they're amazing. And the rest of the defense just tries so hard. But when you're constantly being put back on the field because your offense is incompetent, it must be demoralizing. And if one defensive player buys a drink on the end of season trip, I'm writing because (laughs) Sam Darnold should be putting his whole $18.8 million 50-year option over the bar and saying, defense, this one's on me because I suck. Um, <laughs> tell you who else sucks mm. Mac Jones oh boy I'm coming out and I'm saying fuck Mac Jones okay interesting because of what he did to Brian Burns if you haven't seen the footage it's all over Twitter uh, Brian Burns demolished Mac Jones on a strip sack took him to the ground the ball came out Burns got up to try and go and pursue the ball to recover it and Mac Jones purposely grabbed him by the ankle and twisted his whole leg, uh, forcing Brian Burns to need help getting off the field. And he's currently awaiting MRI results on a high ankle sprain. So uh, deliberately injuring a person on a sporting field is just the definition of a dog act. And I'm going to see Mac Jones as nothing but a dog for the rest of his days. So off him. Bang, there we go. TD, and now you and I don't have the emotional bias in this situation that Smithy does, so we'll touch on that incident because the game wasn't much to go home about. Uh, What should be the repercussions for Mac Jones in the short term and in the long term? Kind of funny in the NFL, things like that, they they just find them and and move on, whereas, you know, in our sports down here, that's a big suspension, Um, and that's something they probably need to look into. Uh, They probably won't because... They're all about having the stars out in the field and, and giving them a little fine is is uh, more than enough, apparently. Uh, but it wasn't a good look at all. Um, I do feel for Smithy. The Panthers did have a hot start. They looked really good, um, and, and now they've kind of fallen off a little bit. And 
this game, you know, this it wasn't, you know, obviously the Panthers didn't play well. Um, it was obviously the turnovers that cost them this game. Um, and what's it going to take for a change at quarterback? You know, Sam Darnold's lost all confidence. And as much as we hang shit on him, it is sad to see uh, because he kind of did get that fresh start. Um, obviously, things didn't go his way in New York and he's come here and he started really well. And, and now he just seems to have lost all confidence. And, you know, his job is slipping away, I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did put someone else in, but he must have naughty pictures of um, someone in that front office to be keeping his job at the moment because it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think Mrs. Rule might be uh, might be feeling a bit worried at the moment with what's going on there. Now, last thing before we move on, because I've just seen this on Twitter and I need both of your opinions because one's biased and one's not. So uh, I'm not making this up. At I'm sick of Panther. That's the name. That's the Twitter handle. Um Sam Darnold can not only fuck off, but give me Mitch Trubisky instead to start next week. Smithy, you on board with this plan? Um, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> do I want my right testicle chopped off or my left one? Um, uh, well, we yeah. can answer that question too if you want. Yeah, look, Trubisky would be something new, so give me that. Okay. Uh, TD, what do you think about that plan, the uh, the Trubisky one, if you don't mind? Oh, okay. I was yeah. about to weigh in on the other one, but... Um, yeah, I think it's obviously not going to happen, but um, you, you just need someone else in there at the moment just to see if the issue is quarterback play or it's something else like the offensive line or something like that. And we're not going to know until someone else does play quarterback. Fair enough. And that other debate and, uh, really. Oh, just, just quickly, Mitchell Trubisky is the only uh, the only Nickelodeon MVP in, in NFL history. So um, okay. <laughs> he's he's got a coveted award. To his name, so that would be huge. Just Matt, quickly on that, how did he how did he win that award in the playoff game when they got pounded by the uh, by the Saints? By the Saints. And they struggled to score in that game. <laughs> Interesting. We Most are shambolic awards. Alrighty, shout out yeah. the Nickelodeon kids voting for that. Who would have thought that the this would have started with the Panthers' loss? Halfway through, we're talking about which testicle to cut off and ends with Nickelodeon. Uh, welcome to TDs and Threes. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, but the uh, the testicle debate gives a whole new meaning to left tackle, I suppose. So let's move on. Cardinals <laughs> and the 49ers. TD, if you hadn't told me coming into this week that Colt McCoy would have a QBR of 119.4, they would have won this game without DeAndre Hopkins. I would have laughed at you. But is this on the Niners' run defense, or do we just have to give credit to a fantastic Arizona organization? Yeah, well, their lack of run defense didn't help them, uh, but I think they lost this game due to turnovers. They had two first-half fumbles. One was at halfway, and one was inside the Cardinals' 10-yard line, and Arizona scored on both of them. Um, the 49ers, I thought they were moving the ball really nicely on, on all of their drives except for maybe one or two. But as I said, turnovers kind of killed them. Um, their defense couldn't seem to get stops or turnovers, I guess. And that's kind of the aim when you've got a backup quarterback in. You've got to try and force turnovers because um, they are more prone to them, I, I guess you could say, some of them. Um, just the drive-by to Daniel Jones, I think he's more prone to a turnover than whoever the Giants backup Hang is. On. But- so if Sam Darnold's got naughty pictures of Mrs. Rule, Daniel Jones has to have them of you. I don't know what this man's done to you, but my goodness me, how he gets brought up in a Cardinals Niners review and gets driven by like that. Goodness me. I Daniel, feel sorry I'm for sorry. him if he's got naughty pictures of me, but <laughs> we will move on. Uh, yeah, 
Oh, this has been loose. <laughs> the Cardinals were up 17 nothing at halftime, and it kind of led to a pass-happy Jimmy G, uh, which isn't great news for anyone. That drive <laughs> what is his? What are you doing? Can you just stay on point? <laughs> Sorry. Is, right, Smithy, you and I are calling sports bet, and we're going to get a market on this. <laughs> Who's going to be there? Oh, I just, oh, I thought they were coached well, unlike Kyle Shanahan or oh, another drive by. Who's yeah, coming well, it, next? It is week nine. Crazy things have happened in week nine. So maybe I'm just falling into that a little bit. Uh, but Arizona ran the ball really well. Chase Edmonds did get hurt early. Um, James Connor handled most of the work, which was really good for your what a man fantasy team, Daz, and you know trade of the year. Um, but they they did allow Colt McCoy to play the way you want a backup quarterback to play, and I think he did it well. Um, the 49ers extend that losing streak that I've touched on a couple of times at home. Um, and they're kind of lucky to be one win outside of the number seven seed at the moment. Um, the NFC is pretty top heavy. Um, and, you know, we're going to probably find one or two teams in the playoffs that probably don't deserve to be there. Um, for the Cardinals, similar to Dallas last week, they win without their starting quarterback. Um, and, and it was good to get him a rest. Seriously, it's more drive-bys than the uh, West America in the 90s right now. My goodness gracious me, what's going on? Smithy, uh, how far – I know you won't jump off the uh, Washington football team island. And speaking of drive-bys, there's one for the nation's capital. Uh, are you off the Niners for your Super Bowl pick? Surely you are now. Yeah, I see it uh, being pretty difficult for them to make a Super Bowl run from here. So, um, yeah, I'll concede. Yep, fair enough. Let's move on to the Titans and the Rams. And, TD, you've got this game – Two in a row for you now. If coming in, if you had said the Titans had won this game, we would have looked forward to one of the best shootouts we've seen in modern times, including the Chargers-Browns game that we touched on earlier in the show and earlier in the year. But the Titans' defense was what surprised us all. Was this the best defensive outing for Tennessee in 2021? For Tennessee, yeah, it was. Um, they played really well. Uh, it was really surprising as well that they stopped uh, the Rams or relatively um, – stop the Rams, who have been really good on offense. Um, they never really let the Rams get into any sort of rhythm. The early interception from Tannehill, it was a bad sign. And at that time, I kind of thought, oh, well, the Rams will score here and then they'll score again, they'll score again. But it just didn't happen. Um, they were held to a field goal and the Titans didn't allow another score for the rest of the half. Um, the Titans did make uncharacteristic big plays on defense. They had two interceptions. One of those was returned for a touchdown. They had five sacks. Um, Stafford was clearly uncomfortable in a game that, as I said to you guys, um, kind of could have put him a clear number one favorite in the MVP race. And now that's kind of in the balance again. Not that it really matters at this point of the season, but it's always fun to pick him around about now. Um, but the stats look okay for LA thanks to the second half success they had. Uh, they did have an opportunity to come back into this game after forcing back-to-back-to-back punts on Titans' first three drives of the second half, but they just couldn't convert them into any points. I think they might have scored two field goals and had to punt one of them away, so they couldn't convert into a touchdown and it, and it let them down. The Titans weren't great on offense. They had under 200 total yards. And as I said, they couldn't close the game out. Um, they they left it there in the balance and the Rams just were the ones that couldn't, um, couldn't you know, come back, I guess. But they did do enough. I was surprised to see Adrian Peterson have such a big workload in his first game back. 
he wasn't really effective, but it was nice to see him score a touchdown. Um, it's kind of funny to see him. There's that many young running backs they could have picked up and they chose to pick up Adrian Peterson. I've been a big fan of his, so I like having him in the league, but it's kind of an interesting call. Um, but for them, I think the run game is an issue. It's obviously going to get better. They're not used to having Derrick Henry, but I did like what I saw from Deontay Foreman. Um, he was probably their most effective back. The Rams' two losses this season haven't been good, um, and it's probably not a good sign. It's not the worst thing. They're 7-2 and two at the moment, but their two losses have been, you could say, blowouts um, and, and second-half success kind of put them back into it. And it's kind of unbelievable to think that this Titans team lost to the Jets um, about a month ago, and since then they've gone 5-0. and um, But, yeah, at that point, the Titans season could have spiraled and gone a completely different direction, but... You know, luckily for them, they they picked it up and it's come, you know, this way. They've gone 5-0 and since, like I said. Yeah, definitely. They definitely look like the kind of roster that plays to the quality of their opposition, given they are 5-0 and against playoff teams from last year and 2-2 two and two against non-playoff teams. Smitty, is this a warning sign for the Rams or is it just a case of, uh, well, everything went wrong so we can fix it all next week and get back to what we are? Yeah, I think it's just a case of the week nines. Um, that's what I'm going to put it down to. Just as we've said a few times, just a weird weekend. Um, and it's carried over into the show, which we love to see. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And TD said that was a good call, but he was on mute. So we didn't get that through the mic. That's how well we're going. Let's finish this off with the Steelers and the Bears, Smithy. Your man, Justin Fields, his second half was fantastic. But the 29-27 victory for the Steelers, their kicker, whose name I have completely forgotten. So I apologize. Uh, I think it's Cole something, Basley. Chris, is it Chris Boswell? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. What I love I about I think it's here, Carl Bosley or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, it's, oh, that's just where we're at. So apologies to the great man, Smithy. Google it for me while I talk, please. What I love is this man had been hit, I think, twice last week. Concussion protocol had to be brought in for him. He kicked the game-winning field goal, and all of his teammates smack him on the helmet. So they're not the, uh, the smartest bunch down there in the NFL, but love their work. This was a quality game, and although a team had to lose, Smithy, do you think both teams get a lot out of this? I know you've got to Google and talk at the same time, which is not where your strengths lie, but give it a go. Yeah, no, FYI, I was right. It's Chris Boswell, so you can both bugger off. Um, I say you were wrong. I just stumbled. Yeah. Uh, not, not Carl Schnozwell or whatever Daz said. <laughs> oh, so, sorry, I'll do a drive-by. I was like Daniel Jones. I was just stumbling and fell on my face. So, <laughs> so that's where we're at. Oh, <laughs> I'm so go. sorry, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Smithy, did both teams get positives out of this game, do you think, even though the Bears lost? Absolutely, they did. Um, I think this is a great game for both organizations, uh, even though one team had to lose in the end. The Steelers' offense showed that they can put up points, uh, putting up 29, as we mentioned. And Justin Fields proved that it wasn't a fluke last week against San Francisco and that his arrow is trending upwards for sure. He is just getting better and better by the week, which we love to see. Uh, Our man, Najee Harris, he's the first Pittsburgh rookie running back with a touchdown in five straight games since 1972. Uh, and this is a famous franchise. So he's uh, he making waves over there in Pittsburgh. He's dominating, which we love to see. Uh, I'm really excited for what Justin Fields can do for the rest of the season. Uh, as I mentioned, his arrow is definitely pointing upwards. Uh, I think it's going to be capped with Matt Nagy calling plays. It's absolutely no coincidence that Fields' best game was with Nagy at home, not doing anything. So 
Um, it's obvious that they need to move on from him, but just flashes of pure arm talent. Um, the late touchdown to Darnell Mooney, I think it was, was mm. just a beautiful throw, rolling to his left, throwing a crossbody, uh, putting it on the money, just a thing of beauty. Threw a few beautiful deep balls as well. So we saw what he can do. He's getting involved with his legs more. I'm, I think he's going to have a really big finish to the season. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. TD, now late in the game on a third and two, Big Ben decided to carry the ball himself and he ran for two and a half hours and got a yard, which was good for him. Um, That's my little drive by. I don't know why we keep doing this, fellas. It's not that I'm in any position to judge anyone's running ability. Um, They're a bottom five uh, offense, the Steelers, and they're sitting at five and three. Does that make as much uh, sense to you as it does to me? Because it doesn't read fantastically, so we've got to give them a lot of credit, I think. Yeah, it, it could come down to coaching. I, I think their defense hasn't been as good as you would expect for a team that's not a good offense um, and to have a, a winning record. And, and it's not just like a 1-0 a and o winning record, obviously. that They're 5-3. and three. Um, And, yeah, their offense, it's hot and cold. And this game, they were kind of hot, I guess. It was higher scoring than I thought. I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. Fields looked good at times, like Smithy said. Uh, but penalties killed the Bears, and um, it's time to go the taunting rule. Um, if anyone saw that call late in the game, it's the worst penalty in the NFL. Obviously, hardcore taunting is not on. You, you don't want play- guys running up to people and you know dabbing on them, uh, things like that. I don't that. want you dabbing either, TD, but we can't <laughs> all get what we want. Well, you didn't throw the flag before, but um, I think you know them hardcore taunting things you could keep to um, unnecessary or unsportsmanlike conduct kind of things like that. But some guy after making a, a big sack and keeping his team alive in the game oh and then um, kind of runs to the towards the opposition bench but doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything stupid, just kind of gives them a little stare down and then the flag comes out. It's just not good to see and it was kind of was a uh, eyesore in this game but just quickly um as we touched on before about boswell and and daz liked him he did recover a fumble in this game and the only way i knew it was him was just the way he recovered the fumble if you haven't seen it go have a look um it was just the most kicker-like fumble recovery he got down on all fours and just cradled the ball it was pretty funny to see and you could tell that it wasn't a skill position player that was picking that ball up yeah, it was uh, interesting, and um, we're glad he's recovered from the concussion protocol just to put up with us talking smack about him. It's going well, our man. Let's, uh, well, there, the game's done. We've got TD's piss takers now. Normally, I don't like to try and predict what TD is going to go with, but I hope you embellish because when it comes to taking the piss, I can probably guess that none of us are going to be in there. So, TD, who took the piss in week nine, my friend? Yeah, at quarterback this week, it was Justin Herbert. Um, it was an important game for him and an important game for the Chargers, and they got the win, and he played really well. He was 32 of 38, completing at 84%, which is just unreal. He had two touchdowns, threw for 356 yards, and him as well as the Chargers bounced back. So that was really good to see. Running back, I've gone with Jonathan Taylor. Um, it, on recency buys, it was James Connor, but the first game of week nine, Felt like a long time ago, and it kind of you forget about it. But he dominated in that game. He had 21 touches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, is he the best running back in the NFL? Not for me, but he is one of the best young running backs, and he looks really good. Daz shaking his head, but 
Just, I'm just saying um, some people would be throwing that out, best running back in the NFL, but I don't agree. Wide receiver, Devontae Smith, uh, my man, the, the rookie for TD. Um, he had a breakout game in this one, had his breakout game, 116 yards on five catches, and he had a touchdown as well. He had 71.6% of the Eagles receiving yards, which um, that's back-to-back weeks. The TD's piss takers had over 70% of his team's receiving yards. Uh, that's just an an incredible stat to have um, when your team's only got 170-odd passing yards and you have 116 of them. It's a pretty good day for you. Tight end, I've gone George Kittle. It was his first game back and probably his best game of the season. He had six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. He did lose a fumble um, that kind of didn't help the team, obviously, but no one's perfect. And I thought he played well enough apart from that to put him in. And at defense, um, sported a little bit earlier, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought they had a really good performance. They held the Bills to six points, and any team that does that um, on defense is probably going to end up being in the piss takers. They did give up plenty of yards, but you know it's when they keep them to six points is unreal. They had four sacks, uh, resulting in negative 35 yards for Buffalo, so that's pretty good as well, obviously. Uh, they forced three turnovers and, and probably um, – had a hand in the biggest shock of the season. So that's why they're there pretty easily. They absolutely did. And you know what I love about how harsh the criteria is for our man Smithy? Jonathan Taylor dominated. Oh, but he's not the best. George Kittle dominated. Oh, but he fumbled. It's not enough that they're in the piss takers. He doesn't want them getting a big head. And I respect that. Yeah, he shoots for perfection. Uh, So going off his own performance tonight, he'll be pretty disappointed. That's drive by the day, and we've had plenty. Oh boy! Oh jeez! If you're listening for the first time and you've made it through, uh, I know a therapist. Uh, I'll get in touch. Uh, it's, I can. I they. I can't help you, but I hope they can. We are gonna finish off with uh, Daz's new segment because I am sick of ranting at the morons of the world because I deal with too many of them on a weekly basis. Uh, and I think you guys have paid out on the teams enough. So I'm going to go with something a little bit fun at the end. I'm going to give you guys a trivia question and a fun fact as well. And the aim of the game is I want to make you guys say, wow, you guys are NFL historians more than I am. So hopefully I can slip under your radar, get a couple things by you and impress you at the end. Because frankly, I think we've struggled to impress the listeners at this point because we have gone wildly off script a few times tonight so let's get stuck into it we'll go with the trivia question first don't know how much you know about the Packers history but Brett Favre's first reception landed in whose hands start with you Brett Favre's bang that was quick all right can't get under his mark but yes that's true how would it not caught caught his own pass he caught his own pass deflected off a opposition helmet Oh, but you said his first reception. Obviously, his first reception landed oh, in his yeah, own completion. hands. There you go. Wow, what a good fucking start to this segment has been. All right, I've got to back this up here. <laughs> uh, I'll start with half a question, and then I'll give you the fact. How many times have the Broncos been to the Super Bowl, do you reckon, since the mid-'80s? Just give me a number. Uh, I'll say three. Peter? Uh It's been at least four, so four, I'll say. It's been seven. Since 1986, but the bit that I want to make you go wow is in each of those Super Bowls, the Broncos' starting quarterback was originally drafted by the Colts. What, in all seven? Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, that's the point of this fun fact thing, to lie to you. (laughs) Yeah, well, Elway would have been in a few. Peyton Manning. That's great. Uh, Do you you have the other 
the names? Or... I do not know. Okay. No. So it would have been Elway, Paint Manning, and we'll have to find out the rest. That's it. So, look, probably not the best debut, but it's been good considering the show we've had. I was going to say, it, it fits in with the theme of tonight. <laughs> we've gone, well, I'm going to say beautifully, we're going to end on a positive note. Been fantastic. TD, uh, fingers crossed the Cowboys can bounce back for you, mate. Smitty, frankly, you need the Panthers to bounce back quickly, and you do as well. Dazzling Dolphins won and went all right, but let's face it, we've been loose tonight, fellas. We've got to sharpen up. The Week 10 preview is only a matter of days away, and if you enjoy the NBA content, get around it as well. Your weekly roundup will be coming out tomorrow with Smithy and I. Fingers crossed we can get some guests on soon, mate, but until then, get in touch via the socials. You're going to sign us off, and fellas, we've got to sharpen up. Yeah, been a loose one tonight. Uh, hopefully, you stuck around to the end. If you did, Congratulations. Uh, huge effort. <laughs> yeah. But um, we will see you for the week 10 preview coming up and stay tuned for a little side episode that we mentioned earlier, halfway uh, review of my season projections. So that was a lot of fun to record. So stay tuned for those, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone.